please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. We've had a main B bus undervolt. Roger, main B undervolt. Okay, stand by 13, we're looking at it. Welcome to Positive Arse Talks, hosted by Mike. The show that talks all things Arsenal, looking to build a positive relationship amongst the fans and players. Grab your cup of tea and stick around with me. It's Friday, November 6, 2020. Episode 8. Dump some model day at Old Trafford. (laughs) Welcome to episode number 8. Hey everybody. I hope you all had a great weekend. Mine was eventful without a car still. Not so much. But I will say moments before I put on my headset and microphone to get started on recording this, I just found out that the car is going to be ready in about an hour and a half so that I can pick it up. So freedom reigns once again. I can go around driving, get my own things, not ask for my family members to be Uber service to me, to go grab groceries or go hang out with friends, and I am free. I don't need nobody. (laughs) But I do appreciate the help, and I know that they probably listen to this show, so thank you guys more than ever, and I appreciate all the help that you've done, but I like to be self-sufficient. Now, the warm weather is coming back, oddly enough. It's like 75 degrees where I live. It's supposed to go up towards the 80-degree zone. And um, I guess the sun just wanted to shine its rays a little bit more on us so that we can all smile and enjoy this great, beautiful weather. But let's get on with the show. Today's topics include discussing our 7th English Premier League game away from home at Old Trafford against Manchester United, which we won 1-0, as well as our 3rd Europa League group match game against Malde, which we won 4-1. And as always, let's get started on the Premier League game. And it looks like our starting rotation that went in was Burnt Leno was in goal. We had Rob Holding playing in the right central back position. We had Gabriel playing in that center back position. And we had Kieran Tierney playing on that left central back position. Then we're still playing that 3 4 3, or at least that's what it looked like to me. But we had Bellerin playing that right wing back. We had Thomas Partey and Mohamed Elneny playing in the middle of that four. And then we had Bukaya Saka playing on the left wing back. Then up top in the three, we had Willian playing on the right wing. Alexandra Lagazette playing a striker. And Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang playing on the left wing. And let's get started right into the match. So, nothing was really happening for me to put down in my notes, but up until about the fifth minute, there was a lot of up and down, good offensive pressure from Arsenal. It looked like we were really trying to not let them get out of their own defensive third, which is what we should do. And we were able to contain all of their threats by making them get sucked into their own half, as opposed to trying to get us on the counter. So that was great work from us. In the sixth minute, there was a good work of play from Saka down the left side while um, he was holding up the ball and ended up winning the quarter, which ended up in a second corner 
after the first attempt. In the eighth minute, there was good work from the defensive line to allow Pogba to go off sides. That's, that's great defensive awareness. It's, hey, guys, let's pay attention. Let's move and push as a unit. And it looked like Leno had a very loud voice. It's easy to tell if your teammates are talking to each other when there's no fans in the crowd. Right? There's no fans in the stadium. You can kind of hear all the coaches screaming and stuff. But, since I'm in the United States, they love to play Peacock Live. And, for whatever reason, I cannot select to watch games without crowd fan noise and all that stuff in the background. I'd love to listen without it because I found it really interesting. Especially when the league started back up with the... Bundesliga last season right around when all the COVID restriction crap started happening and I remember the first weekend that they started playing I was watching Red Bull Leipzig play against somebody else and I'm pretty sure it was Schalke yeah it was a big game but I just remember no fan crowd noise no nothing it was just you could hear the players talking you'd hear the coaches yelling at the players or at least trying to communicate with each other you could hear the goalkeepers it was it was nice it was nice to hear the game from a different perspective as opposed to just hearing a bunch of cran uh, you know fans yelling and screaming or whistling or as you know i mean maybe it's good juju for us but last year there was a moment where i overheard um chicken noises like the uh that type of noise going on and uh <laughs> oddly enough i think we scored a goal right after that had happened what a coincidence but yeah let's get back on the game here um but yeah like i said in the eighth minute it was just great work from defensive line to push up as a unit you know that's what we need more of because I know over the years we've been caught where one of our defenders isn't a part of that line, whether it be Mustafi, an outside back, a center back, someone just be like far behind not being aware of the play that we're trying to attempt to do, and that just shows great awareness from the defensive line. It looks like we are in a better mood to communicate with one another. I know that that's been... It, it, not that I could say or justify that it's been an issue, but it sure looks like it from the past few games that some things might have happened. But, yeah, it's just... Um, it's good progress to see that in the early stages of the season, we might have seen that there were some communication errors and there have been some injuries already and people getting put into positions that they're not fully fit or as sharp as others. And, you know, just got to work together as a unit. That's all. In the ninth minute, there was great work from El Nenny to cut off passes. I mean, I'll, I'll be talking about him a little bit more after we discuss all the games because I thought El Nenny was really appealing to see and watch play. He did a really great job of handling himself, and I think he's putting himself in contention to be in the center of the pitch alongside Partey, and we'll get to that later. But in the 10th minute, there was a great dribble from Thomas Partey, showing that he could be a bit of an... He just looks so slick and smooth and calm on the ball. He doesn't really panic. He doesn't look like he has a heavy touch or anything like that. There have been some plays I've noticed that he tries to maybe chip the ball over defenders, and it just ends up being a weird bounce for the other player that's trying to settle the ball or something. And, you know, those are little kinks that we can work on and progress as the season goes on. But... Really great work from him overall. Uh, nothing really happened up until the 14th minute for me. There was great work from 
the right side where William was able to find a ball to Bellerin who was out wide behind the defense and Bellerin was able to cross the ball along the six yard box which ended up on Aubameyang's feet but he ended up missing the tap on the far left side and went out of bounds but you know it's just really good that we're able to find our outside wing backs behind the defense it seems more so that Bellerin's getting himself inside of the box more so than Tierney but I notice that Tierney likes to cross the ball a little bit more than he tries to be a little bit more inverted with running into the box, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? I mean, each player has their strengths and their weaknesses, and they understand where they're more of a threat and where they're not, so it's just him making the decision not to really cut inside the box, but it would be nice to see if we could see that a little bit more from the left side, but... You know, we're also playing Tierney to be like almost a left wing back and pushing um, Bakaya Saka when he's on that side with them to be pushed more inverted. And it looks like Aubameyang's kind of out wide or inverted from time to time too. So it's really just not trying to cram the box with too many players so that we get left behind with open spaces on the field and they can get some type of counterattack on us. And that's just for any team, you know. In the 18th minute, I noticed that Lee Dixon started talking about um, the crisp passing. And, of course, I just want to bring this up. Anytime the announcer says something that's, like, good or encouraging or he notices and says something good about a particular player, well, whatever. The curse of the announcer strikes once again where <laughs> we were just talking about him. Akira Tierney had passed a stinker immediately after that. I mean... That ball was shanked, and it just goes to show, hey, guys, keep your mouths closed and just announce the game. Don't talk about the players before they do a play, okay? Play by play. <laughs> but in the 20th minute, two minutes later, Tierney had made up for that, and, you know, we all make mistakes. He's not going to be perfect, but he had a great cross into the middle for William, but unfortunately, he's too small going up against defenders that are about six foot high, and... Pretty sure it's right around my height, where he's like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, right? I'm 5'8". I'm not too tall. I remember playing against guys that were 6 foot, and it's tough. You you gotta be able to get up off the air, and who's to say that they can't get up in the air higher than you, because more than likely their legs are much longer than yours. <laughs> but, in the 21st minute, I... Um, Burn Leno had a big save where Man United took a fast free kick and Rashford found Greenwood on a crazy wide angle, but because of the wide angle, um, he couldn't really get too much balance or much of a threat to kick it towards the middle of the night. He's kind of already on angle, but regardless, because if Leno, if he didn't save that, would have been in the top left corner of the net inside the back of the net, so... Yeah, good work on him. In the 23rd minute, we had great work from Saka to block Wamba Saka's pass and then want to fail right outside of the box on the left side. That's, that's great work from him to come back and do his due diligence as both a wing back and, you know, a wing forward to come and try to win the ball back in certain places or particular areas and to be able to win that fail is a very smart play plus it allows your team to catch a breath and everybody to get up top
Sorry, I'm just taking a sip here of my tea. <laughs> 29th minute, Aubameyang was lucky his fail wasn't checked by VAR. Because um, it looked like he went in a studs up. I mean, that's just my opinion. And any time that I've noticed that somebody goes in studs, studs up right into a player's leg or towards the ball or anything like that, that is a reckless, silly fail play. And I've seen that same type of play result in a red card. So he got a little lucky, but uh, good on him to apologize right away and know that he had made the error instead of like walk away and act like some big time asshole that, you know. I didn't do that. Oh, I'm going to fight with your referee. Don't need the drama. I applaud the integrity. <clears throat> in the 36th minute, Lacazette had missed a chance in the middle from, Oba uh, from Aubameyang. Um, as Lindelof clipped the ball again. And uh, what happened was in... I apologize. In the 34th minute... William had almost found Obama on a counterattack, but Lindelof had got a touch on the ball. And then in the 36th minute, Lacazette had missed the same type of chance with uh, Aubameyang passing the ball toward him. And Lindelof had clipped the ball yet again. And he was playing some great defense to be able to get in front of these guys. Um, but what led to this was William was able to find Beller, and Beller found Obama on the opposite side. And it's just, it's really encouraging to see that. Um, Bellerin's been able to be such a threat for us both offensively and defensively because <clears throat> we all know that he just tore his ACL about a year ago, right? Like not even a year ago. I think it'll be a year in December. And that was an unfortunate blow to us. I mean, you don't want to lose that player and it just sucks, and they lose fitness, they're not training all the time, they have to go into rest and recovery mode, and sometimes some of these guys don't come out any better than they got, and sometimes they digress because of all that time that was waited until they could touch a, a soccer ball again and actually begin the rehab process. So good to see that he's doing great things for us, both offensively and defensively. In the 38th minute, William had hit the bar from a nice layoff that Aubameyang left for him outside the 18-yard box. That's unfortunate. I thought that could have been cracked and uh, finessed him, but lucky pole. <laughs> um, and then in the 43rd minute, Right before the end of the first half, Bellerin had a cross that went to Saka, but it was missed. Um, Saka was wide open. Uh, it was in between Lindelof and Wemba Saka, and it's just one of those, hey, you could tap it off in, but these guys got to start having their heads up and not leaning back, head over the ball, stop looking up, stop leaning back, tap it in, use power, make sure that the ball is tapped into the back of the net. <clears throat> But, as I said, the first half ended after that. Then, in the 47th minute, we had uh, Tierney make up for his mistake by blocking Wambasaka's shot. He got on the wrong side of defenders during that play, and it almost looked like he was about to commit a fail on Greenwood in that instance, where... He was playing uh, along the touchline, and for whatever reason... Tierney gave him the middle and started covering the touchline and then ended up behind him. And, you know, 
I'm glad that he was able to pick off the pass going to Wambasaka, but that's just defensive awareness, you know? You gotta be on the right side of the defender, watch the goal, don't let them cut into the middle, let them have the outside. There's no reason for somebody to get around you like that and then you almost commit a fail because we know how all of these players play. They're prima donnas at this point. You do any type of tap, touch, pull, grab, push, anything. They're going to fall over like they just got hit by a fucking wrecking ball or something, you know? It, I mean, you got to milk it out, and you get those fails. It's unfortunate that, that it can happen so fast, but given the way that, or position that he was enduring that play, that could have resulted in something really bad, and we could have went down or even given up a penalty kick because we know Manchester United and Ollie Solskjaer always get penalties. They are the PK masters. <laughs> so... Good on him to not let that happen. In the 52nd minute, uh, Marcus Rashford had gave the ball away to Lacazette. And Lacazette found Aubameyang. Aubameyang took a shot, which missed the post slightly. Unfortunate. Um, it was just a fast-developing play. Tried curling it and hitting a finesse ball on the outside. But, you know, doesn't always work. But I'm glad that he's getting more shots because going into this game it, he hasn't really had as many shots as you would expect from where he was this point in time last season and we had Emery as a coach so you know it doesn't really make any excuse in the 55th minute we saw that Man United had a free kick and Shaw found Maguire but he edited it out of bounds good on him to just completely head that out Always like that. It's a nice sight to see. It's easy for us to defend and let them make and cause their own problems. In the 58th minute, and El Nini had a great job to, or did a great job to keep the ball in the attacking zone. Um, it looked like the ball was getting cleared by one of the United defenders, and he was able to just pick that off during their counter. And this ultimately led to Thomas Partey getting a shot after the developing play. So. Kudos to Elneny to keep that in the offensive third. <clears throat> in the 61st minute, Thomas Partey had lost the ball from Pogba, and then Pogba did a few step-over moves in front of the box, and Partey won it back. It's just one of those touche plays. Uh, he ended up being able to lose the ball, and then recollected so you know he's fighting hard he's not just gonna let somebody take the ball off him and let any type of play develop and good on Partey to be aware that Papa you know just stay and keep up with the defense because if Papa had been able to get that step over move and go over to his right foot which is favored he would then maybe crack a shot I mean we know he knows how to score goals Um, in the 64th minute, Gabriel made an amazing defensive play, catching a ball from a pass that led to us getting a great opportunity. Again, we need to finish these chances, but we're close, you know, we're, we're close, but close is not enough. It's, it's not finished. You know, we, we need more chances on goal. We need to be more technical, clinical. We need to finish those opportunities. And lately we've noticed a few times that some of our opportunities just, don't really get finished or the the play the play develops and ends up being a wasted opportunity or something along those lines then in the 67th minute 
Willian had found Bellerin on a run in behind the defense, and then, for whatever reason, Pogba made contact on Bellerin inside of the box from behind him. Bellerin fell over, and like I said, that's an awarded PK. He's from behind, he's pushing and shoving, he's just completely taking him out of a play and took away the goal-scoring opportunity. Penalty kick was taken by Aubameyang, and he gets his first goal. And a little bit of time since the full game, and bam, that is 1-0 to the Arsenal. 1-0 to the Arsenal. 1-0 to the Arsenal. <laughs> um, in the 74th minute, Gabriel gave up a free kick against Greenwood on the end line after he made a move to get around him. But, um, you know, I, he was on a yellow card before that happened, and I'm just bringing this up to be aware of the fact that he could have got a second yellow card from this. I know that there's people on Twitter, social media, all types of soccer fans and football junkies all screaming, that's a red card! I have a bunch of friends, including my stepfather, who are all United fans, and they were not pleased with that play. I can understand where their frustration and why they were upset about it and why it might have not been called, but then I also understand that some people fall over and flop so easily and it looked like he got all ball so you know it could have went both ways in the 82nd minute Leno had a great save from a Pogba cross and let me tell you to get that ball he's jumping sky high <laughs> in the 83rd minute there was a great job done by Bellerin to stop Cavani's cross in the 84th minute we got lucky from Juan Basaka's cross that hit off Leno in the face and then it hit the post and went back out of bounds. That looked like it almost went in the net. I didn't realize what happened and developed in that play. I had to watch a few replays, but at first it was Gabriel on the line with him and I thought that the ball had hit the post to go out of bounds. Well, I was so wrong. The ball was right along the touchline and when Juan Basaka crossed the ball, it soared up and hit Leno in the face, and if that deflection went inside of the net or inside of the post, it would have easily been one-one right there. But as we lucked out and the play developed, it hit off his face, hit the post, and went out of bounds for a corner. And I mean, kudos on Leno to be in the position that he was. Got a little lucky, but hey, he made the save, and that's not lucky in itself. He practices and trains every day for that type of moment. Um. Forgot to mention, the 76th minute, there was a sub, and Kedia came in for Lacazette. Then in the 85th minute, there was another sub, and Ainsley Maitland-Niles came in for William. Then in the 86th minute, uh, there was another sub with Mustafi for Aubameyang. But something developed where uh, uh, with Aubameyang, where he was giving the captain armband to Bellerin, and then Matic shoved Aubameyang because he was taking too long, and then McTominay did so too, but... I will admit he was taking a really long time trying to, you know, cancel out the remaining time of the game as the 86th minute, and um, it resulted in him getting a yellow card from Mike Dean. I can understand because he was kind of being a nuisance to the pitch and everyone wants to play. You're down 1-0. People want to be able to try and have an opportunity to score on goal, and it just wouldn't happen. But, yeah, unfortunate. But... Hey, he was subbed out, so I could get a second yellow, so... Hey, you want to waste time? I understand it. I guess maybe Arteta was instilling some of these tactics in. Or maybe got some of them from Pep Guardiola, since they were both coaching together. And we know that Man City loves doing that type of thing as well. In the 89th minute, 
Maguire jumped on top of Tierney, and we got a foul called for us right outside of our defensive third's 18-yard box. In the 90th plus two minutes of the game and stoppage time, Bellerin had another fail throw. He lifted the heel of his left foot when he was throwing the ball, and you're not allowed to do that. I just want to point out, I believe that this was his fifth fail throw of the season so far. You are a professional. Keep both of your feet on the fucking ground. You should not be making those mistakes. I know I just praised you for being a great offensive and defensive threat, but those little things can kill us. Who's to say that in the span of four minutes of extra stoppage time that you just gave them another opportunity two minutes later and they have the ball now and able to make some type of play happen to tie the game? You know, just... Oh, stop. <laughs> then in the 90th plus third minute of stoppage time, Gabriel had stopped a counterattack as McTominay passed it right to him, and then he drew a foul right along the left side because he started dribbling around people, and it killed enough time for the Gunners' win because once the free kick was taken, the Mike Dean had blown his whistle. Let me just point this out before we go on to the Molde game. So... I have been acquiring some statistics and information, and it was actually announced shortly after that game against Manchester United. Did you know that the least goals conceded in the 2020-2021 Premier League season happening right now is Arsenal at seven matches with only seven goals conceded. That is the best record of any team in the league right now and to put into better perspective we have already played i don't even like saying top six because there's so many other teams that are good like leicester and wolves and stuff that other teams that could be contending for those types of positions right but if you want to put it in terms of what the pundits and everybody else says the top six we've already played three of them and we lost by small margins against two of them. Now, just think about that. We've already played who have finished in first and second and are arguably going to finish in first and second again this year on paper with the teams that they have. Now, that's amazing because the next team, which was only six matches at the time, was Leicester with eight goals, Tottenham with six matches and eight goals, Wolves with eight goals and seven matches, and then Man City with eight goals against them in six matches. That is a great feat compared to where we've been at, on a defensive third basis. I think that the signing of Gabriel has proven to be phenomenal. I mean, that is money well spent. I think we only gave like about $35 million if we put it in terms of u.s american dollars that's that is nothing compared to some of the players that are going out today i mean look at i'm not trashing the guy i understand he's pretty good but look at how much harry Maguire went for last year i think it was like at least a hundred million u.s dollars for that guy okay and he's been committing some mistakes everybody makes mistakes and such but just just think of that impact and now the fact that We've had Thomas Partey for about two or three of those seven matches that we've played. We've only installed even more of a lethal threat for teams to try to counterattack us or approach us from a more defensive standpoint. We, we're looking pretty good. You know, I think we've become 
a lot more conscientious of the mistakes that we had made in prior seasons or prior games. We're being more communicative with one another. I think that the team is adapting much more well with each other, and we're actually looking like we could press and be determined and focused as a unit. You know, it's just, it's real nice. It's it's beautiful football right now. I'm, I'm so happy that the team is able to make sure that we aren't conceding as many goals as we used to because we used to be a mess in the back. Let's be honest. It used to be absolutely appalling with how bad our defense would be. I mean, what was the there was one season, I think it was a 17-18 campaign or 18-19, where we started the season against Leicester. And not to say that they're not a good team, but we gave up three goals in the first match of the season and if you put that in perspective to say that we've only given up seven goals now that's a hell of a lot more progress than we have seen in prior years and you know we're just starting to look like the good old defensive counterattack team and i like it and for as many people that say we're not creating chances we don't have a creative midfielder you're crazy you're crazy just because our finishes or our opportunities aren't finished or, you know, and we're not scoring goals doesn't mean that we're not creating chances. I mean, we are still getting in the opposing team's defensive third and creating a threat for them, whether it be on the counter or us possessing and controlling the ball out of the back into their third. It's it's happening, you know, and, and I could see the shift in play ever since... You know, Arteta's came and instilled this new, you know, togetherness. This this meeting of family and uh, making sure that we all work hard together and hold each other accountable. You know, and it's it's looking really well. And you know, kudos to the Gunners for getting those three points. And let me add another remark. Um, that was the first time that we've beat United at Old Trafford in 12 years. So that's that's brilliant. That's amazing. It's been so long. We've only come to tying them either at their home field. And it's good to take three points away from them in their own home. And hopefully we can do the same when they come to Emirates. That they do not steal or acquire any points back from us. Now... <clears throat> Let's get into our Europa League match that just got played last night. So it was Arsenal versus Molde FK. We had won 4-1 and the game was played at the Emirates. Our starting lineup looked as such. <coughs> we had Burn Leno in net. We had Mustafi playing in what looked like you know, it's so tough to tell with these games because the way that I saw it on TV, it looked like a 4-3-3. But then when you look at the team and you see how they would look on offense, it's still 3-4-3. And it looked like we had Mustafi playing on the right center back. We had Dava Luiz playing in the center back. We had Shaka playing left center back. Then we had Maitland Niles playing the right wing back. We had Danny Ceballos playing in the middle. Joe Willock playing in the middle, and then we had Kolasinac playing in that left wing back role. Then we had Nicholas Pepe playing on the left wing. We had Eddie Nketiah playing on 
playing in striker, and then we had Willian playing on the right wing, and let's get right into it. So in the third minute, we saw Willock had played a nice ball in the middle, but nobody got a foot to the ball at the six-yard box. In the fifth minute, Ceballos had found Pe Pepe on the counter, and Pepe passed the ball through to Enkedia, and the goalie got a touch to put it out of bounds, but hey, we're, we're creating chances, we're finding threats, we're finding those open holes in the gaps. In the 6th minute, there was a great play from Willock in the right corner to win a throw-in. In the 13th minute, Pepe had crossed a shank to flop the ball. But kudos to you for using your right foot. I, I couldn't believe it. When I saw that he was stepping and looked like he was going to kick, I could have swore that he was going to try to do some fake kick and try to switch the foot to be on his left. But he took it with his right, and I I don't even care that it went in our bounds. Keep using that. Go up to a brick wall. Go go inside your house. Start to learn how to kick with that right foot. All right? We paid it. over $80 million for you. Learn how to kick with that right foot. Learn how to take shots. You have him in training. I wouldn't even have him do anything else except use his right foot. Juggle only with your right foot. Learn how to settle the ball with only your right foot. Learn how to pass with only your right foot. Learn to shoot with your right foot. Learn to do your trick plays from your left to your right. Try to learn how to fake from the left and shift your body to the right. Because once you start to become so dynamic that you use both feet, you are such a bigger threat. Because... Players don't know how to defend you. They're either like, well, do I let them have the middle, or do I let them get the touchline? I don't know. I, I I don't know how to handle this. It's it's really that simple, you know? But he's working on it. Good for him. Kudos. Let's see if more of that is to come. Then in the 16th minute, we saw a foul was called on Willock, and it looked like all ball. Um... Honestly, it was so weak. It looked like um, the Molde player just decided to fall. Will it looked like he had gotten all ball, but whatever. Like I said, people are just falling over like the prima donnas they are. But in all fairness, that's how sometimes you win possession of the ball back. So, hey, whatever. In the 19th minute, Mustafia gave the ball up away, but... Uh, we should be glad that Louise was back there to cover during the counter because, you know, that could have resulted in something bad, but he was able to clean that up real fast. In the 20th minute, there was a great effort from Willick to keep the ball in and cross to the keeper from Pepe's awful pass right along the touchline, but, you know, unfortunately nothing developed of it. It went straight to the keeper. Um... Good hustle, you know, like, even if the ball's going out, he's still trying to run after the ball. If it's going out of bounds, I know there's a lot of players that just give up on it, and the fact that he's trying to still make something out of nothing, I give you all the credit for your hard work on that. Then, unfortunately, in the 22nd minute, there was a goal from Mulder. There was really much that you could do about this. It was a great shot from Ellingson, who had... Taken a shot from about the 20 to 25 yards out to beat Leno on a shot that got curled to the left-hand bottom left corner of the goal. It, you know, Leno was fully extended. The ball was already inside the net by the time he was jumped out. It's just unfortunate. And um, this all resulted from Leno clearing the ball out to the halfway line where one of... Our players, you know, it was a challenge in the air between one of our players and one of theirs to try and get ahead on the ball. And unfortunately, and Kennedy is a little smaller. And because everyone else was in position to 
receive the ball to play it out of the back, we had noticed that, you know, unfortunately, they were able to pick us apart and find the open man, and those types of things can happen real fast, where somebody finds the ball, is able to take a shot, and bam, if it's placed correctly or it's kicked properly and accordingly, it's going to go inside of the back of the net, and so the Gunners go down one nothing. Then in the 23rd minute, Pepe, uh, his cross had hit, uh, was overhead again. It's, you know, I'm just bringing this up. It's it's either overkicked or underkicked. Uh, one out of ten times with him. I don't know what's up with that, but hopefully we can start to work on that so that we can become a little bit more efficient. Maybe like one out of five times instead of ten, you know? Uh, in the 26th minute, uh, Ainsley, Mate, and Niles took a shot that went nowhere near the net. The 28th minute, there was... <clears throat> It was a great job from our team to play out of the back and make the opponents get sucked into our defensive third, I had noticed. Uh, Danny Ceballos was a big key part of that, being able to take the ball, get it back, take the ball, take it from one side to the next side by passing with one-touch ball, and it was just beautiful, outstanding play. Kudos to those guys for doing so. In the 30th minute, Ceballos had almost found Pepe making a run toward the middle on a through ball, but unfortunately that resulted in the player getting, uh, the opposing player, the defender from Malde, being able to cut that out. 32nd minute, Pepe is not strong enough on the ball. It just looks like one of those guys that can be manhandled and unfortunately refs aren't going to give you any of those plays or challenges or calls when they could see you're blatantly just falling over the minute that there's any type of contact on you we got to make this guy start eating some protein and lifting weights because in my opinion his speed is useless if he's not strong enough to hold the ball because if you could be pushed over that easily and people aren't going to give you that foul or even if it's shoulder to shoulder contact what good are you doing? You know, you're just giving up play and causing us to be left feeling behind and out of shape because you're not in your position now because your ass is just sitting there laying on the ground. So let's get him some protein shakes, maybe. I'll, I'll buy them for him if that's what he wants. I mean, I'll find good ones. We'll, we'll, we'll get him really uh, fixed up, you know. <laughs> we'll get him beefed up, jacked up. And uh, the 34th minute, we need to, needed to adapt to Molde's high press because they were causing us to make errors playing out of the back. The 36th minute, we had two opportunities to shoot across the ball, but we continue to play the hardest option or don't shoot when the lane is wide open to. I, I don't really get that. Like These guys have got some rockets, at least some of them, and we're, they're not taking opportunities when they see that they're in front of them. So hopefully Arteta can start laying them there like, hey, you feel it? Take a shot. Like, even if you don't feel it, take the shot. See if it gets some type of deflection or something. Try to keep it on the ground. Don't try to blast it over the net. Don't try to do some fancy curl, finesse, uh, or even a knuckleball. Just shoot the ball as you normally would. In the 40th minute, there was a great clearance from Mustafi to stop the cross in the six-yard box. In the 41st minute, I want to know, how was the foul committed against William 
how was the play or the challenge against William? Should I better say not a fail? Um, it literally looked like he was just shoved and pushed out of the way. Like, it doesn't matter what part of the field you're on. That's not playing the ball. So I'm a little confused on that, but there's no VAR, so it's not like it could be overruled. Uh, in the 43rd minute, and Kedia had tapped the ball in from a cro from a Pepe's cross, and he was not offsides, but uh, unfortunately Willick was offsides during that whole run of play. Even though he didn't touch the ball, they called it offsides, or at least the sidelinesman. And again, there's no VAR to overrule or challenge that, to let the goal stand. I think if there was VAR, it probably would have been a goal. But regardless, we need to move on from that. Uh, in the 44th minute, there was great work from Pepe to track back and it Looked like at that point he got switched to play on the left wing by this point because Arteta was probably tired of him trying to cut back and forth onto his left foot over and over and over again or just let all those balls being played from the right side on his right foot just turn into nothing and go behind the goal. But in the 44th minute we saw a big save from Leno. Then in the 45th minute there is a goal that goes to Arsenal. So Arsenal got Molde on the counter as Xhaka played the ball to Enkedia, who sent the ball toward Willock uh, as a cross into the middle. And unfortunately, well, not for us, but unfortunately for the Molde defender, he had tapped the ball, and it looked like he just wanted to cut that pass out. But unfortunately, as he was sliding, he can't control his balance, and so that went right into the back of the net for an own goal. And it's tied 1-1. 46 minute, well, the first half ended. The 46 minute, second half begins. It was good work from Mustafi to block the cross out for a corner. In the 50th minute, there was a great ball in from William toward the path of Louise to put the ball that took a bad touch and it went out for a goal kick. The 51st minute, there was a great clearance from Mustafi to stop another counter attack. Uh, it looked like he was regaining his shape. He needs to just get sharp again. You know, I don't think Mustafi is awful. Yes, he lets defenders get behind him, but he just needs to get his shape and his fitness again. He hasn't played or had a preseason like any of the rest of these guys, and he hasn't been training in full like everyone for the same amount of extended time that people have been healthy, you know? In the 53rd minute, there was a cross that came in from Willick, and Kolasinac missed a wide-open net inside the six-yard box by putting the ball over the bar. I can understand that the ball was in the air, but, you know, dude, you gotta kick that down. You gotta keep... You, If it's in the air, you wanna, like, kick down on the ball. He looked like he scooped it up and just went right over the net. That could have been easily 2-1. But, oh well. We move on. In the 55th minute, there was a good play on the left side, but nothing came of it from Shaka when Pepe found him out wide. In the 59th minute, Ceballos' cross to Pepe was good, and then Pepe's shot deflected out for a corner, and then nothing happened from that corner. In the 62nd minute, there was a great ball from Shaka over the defender's heads for Joe Willock, and Willock crossed the ball into the middle as yet again. Another Molde defender got in front of that ball, miskicked it, and kicked it into their own net for a second own goal. The scoreline now is 2-1 to the Arsenal. Then we saw a double sub immediately after that, around 63rd, 64th minute, whatever you want to call it. And Cedric Suarez came in for Ainsley Maitland-Niles, and then Bukai Saka came in for William. In the 65th minute, Kolasinac crossed the ball to Pepe. It was perfect, but Pepe shot right at the goalie. Unfortunately.
unfortunate. The 67th minute, we saw a great clearance for Luis with his head to start the counter on the right side to Suarez, which resulted in Pepe shooting the ball out of bounds yet again. Uh, in the 69th minute, we saw good work from Mustafi to keep composure and not fall down, which enabled him to get possession of the ball from the counter that was on them and lead the ball off and lay it off to Ceballos, who was able to let Mustafi clear to an open Willick, which started a counterattack and resulted in Kedia getting the ball, then passing a through ball to Saka, who crossed to Pepe across the box, and Pepe scoring a goal from his shot around the center of the 18-yard box into the left side of the net. Arsenal are up at 3-1 at this point. 69th minute. Good luck. <laughs> In the 71st minute, we saw another big save from Leno on the Molde attack as Mustafi let the attacker get in behind him that resulted in that play happening at all. Uh... Then in the 74th, hold on guys, I don't know what is going on here, my computer is acting crazy. There we go, there we go, sorry about that delay, I don't know what happened there. The Audacity application had went away and got all buggy and lagged and I thought that I wasn't recording, but I see I still am, so I apologize, I'll see if I can edit that out, but I mean it was pretty short and fast. My apologies, but in the 74th minute, there was a great long ball from Louise to Willock, but Willock ended up shooting at the goalie on a one-on-one -on -one opportunity. The angle was hard, and even the settle of the ball from that long ball is tough to, to play. I mean, you got to get a perfect touch on it, especially when you're running at full pace to get him behind the defense. Kudos to him for keeping the hard work and able to get the shot off in the end. In the 78th minute, we saw great work from Ceballos to switch the ball instead of force down the middle into our own defensive third. I've noticed that lately he tries to force balls through the middle and try to open gaps and hold, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, it, you know, he can get a little, he could be creative and sometimes he can be stupid, you know? I don't know the best way to put that, but it's good that he didn't force the ball, you know? He's being a little bit more calm and trying to see what else he has around him instead of just forcing something. So good good work from him and great awareness. 79th minute, we saw great work from Ceballos again to dribble the ball and found Willock out wide across toward Enkedia. And unfortunately, Enkedia's header went wide out of bounds. 79th minute, we saw another double sub and Mohamed Elneny came in for Danny Ceballos and Kieran Tierney came in for um, Granit Xhaka. In the 80th minute, there was great work from Pepe to find Suarez out wide who crossed the ball, but Saka was offsides as the ball did go in from that play. Unfortunately, it was overruled because he was offsides, but good work for them on the right side. In the 81st minute, I just want to know, where's the yellow card from the foul on Tierney? Uh, the Molde player, Bernelson, I think his name was, pushed him right into Leno. I mean... That's a blatant push. That's that's not playing the ball. He literally pushed our player into our goalie where the ball was in between both of them. And even though the goalie had caught the ball, it's just, I understand you're a little upset and frustrated about how the game is going. But regardless, you don't get a yellow card for that. A little, a little confused. 
as all these kids been saying with uh, playing Among Us or whatever the hell that game is called. That's suspect. <laughs> um, 83rd minute, Sokka is offside again! Stay behind the damn line! In the 85th minute, Louise had a deflection from Lincoln. Uh, James shot, which hit Louise and almost deflected into the net, but went wide right over the crossbar, barely. So, you know, good on him to get the touch on the ball, but could have been messy and slopped up into a own goal against us. But shortly after that, in the 87th minute, we saw a great ball from El Nani to Pepe, who found Willick on a through ball to score the fourth goal. And now the Gunners are up 4-1. to one. And the last thing that I put in my notes was in the 90th minute, Saka had found, uh, or he had laid off a great cross in the middle, but Enkedia headed the ball down into the ground and ended up kicking it out of bounds for a goal kick. I applaud you for getting up and jumping high to get it, but you kicked it out of bounds, Eddie. <laughs> but, no. Overall, in conclusion, I'd like to say that we had a great bounce back week after losing those past few Premier League games against some of the quote-unquote top six. But we've broken our curse of not being able to win at all Traffers. That was the first time, like I said, we've done so winning or beating them at their own home grounds in 12 years. It's a great feeling, and I must say our midfield duo and El Nani and Partey look superb. And that's not even the partnership that anyone ever really thought would happen. I mean, personally, I never thought that. And I just want to put this into perspective for El Nani. So I was taking some notes and looked up statistics and other things that happened. So, where the hell did I put it? Here we go. So, Mohamed Elneny, when he played against Manchester United. So, he had 66 passes, and that was the most for any Arsenal player on the pitch. He had 55 completed passes, most for any Arsenal player again. And he had 39 passes in the opponent's half, more than anyone on the pitch. Anybody. Anybody. Even the Manchester United uh, player, so that's great, and he conceded just one fail up against Bruno, um, Pogba, and uh, Danny Van de Beek. So, uh, gotta tell you what, he was very impressive, and I think that he is making claim for his name to be on that team sheet every week. I mean, his past few performances this year, I think he's got it in the tank. You know, I think he's actually a lot more lethal than we thought. And, you know, maybe we thought he stunk before, but clearly with the past few performances and shifts put in by this man, he's looking really good and lethal, so we'll see if that continues. Um, then, you know, Aubameyang scoring the penalty against Manchester United was great, as it should boost his confidence, and let's hope that this starts his run of goals to put him back in form and contention of getting the golden boot, because he's been pretty close to the past few, uh, two seasons, and to see that he only has two goals right now in the league, it's a little upsetting, but, you know, hopefully we can start to adapt to the system more, and we're able to finish all our balls a little bit more. And, additionally, we're now in first place in our group in the Europa League after beating Molde, who was tied with us before last night's match, and now we're ahead in points by 9-6 to six against them, so... It's time to focus on our next Premier League game match against Aston Villa and welcome, welcoming arms for myself and others I would hope for 
one of our own, Emmy Martinez, as we'll get to see him at the Emirates with a different badge on his shirt. It should be a good game, as Aston Villa has proven to be a team to reckon with compared to last year's team after the transfers they brought in over the summer, and it'll be a hard-fought match, but we're fighting for those three points. And I just want to make one last announcement. I've come to a decision to push off future episodes to Thursdays going forward with Europa League group matches and the possibility of going into the next round stages, which all games will be played Thursdays. Um, I think it only makes the most sense uh, only because I don't want to be able, I don't want to speak about a match that happened let's say a week and a half ago and then the next Europa League game starts the next day and then I've already pushed back one of the Europa or the Premier League game matches so I want to kind of keep them in sync with each other and I think it just results in the best thing i can do going forward so and it just i'd rather talk about tunes instead of sending out like 20 25 minute episodes as i am about to hit what is it here like i'm at 52 minutes now so yeah they're a little bit more filling talk a little bit more and instead of just shooting shit for 20 minutes i can spout off for an hour because i love to talk <laughs> but yeah i just think it makes the most sense like i said and there's nothing else I can really add on to that in my conclusion. So on that note, I hope you all enjoy your weekend. Spend time with family, friends, and your loved ones. And both of other things that make you happy as an individual. Love and light, my friends. Until next time. Come on, you gunners! So Girls that held us up against the wall. So confused. Girls that held us up against the wall. So confused. Girls that held us up against the wall.